Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise. Examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues, Hammond.Institute. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we have a story that has touched many hearts. 11-year-old Ariana Dugan died of cancer in 2017. During her illness, she became something of a celebrity through dance and song. Her short life was inspiring in many ways and involved a therapy now in place to help other cancer patients. It's called dance therapy. Ariana, or Ari, was a dance enthusiast, and this therapy helped her through painful treatments. It inspired her mother to found Spread Ari's Light Foundation to promote dance therapy for St. Louis area children who are fighting cancer. Joining me in studio to talk about Ari and dance therapy are Ari's mother, Lori Zucker, executive director and founder of Spread Ari's Lights Foundation. It was established to promote dance therapy, as we said. Katie Bone is a dance therapist and licensed counselor, and Emily Edwards is the assistant director at the St. Louis Academy of Dance. Thank you all so much for being with us. Great to have you. Lori, let me begin with you. Can you tell us Ari's story? Ariana was diagnosed with cancer when she was three years old. It's called neuroblastoma. It was a, it's a cancer of the nerve cell. And uh, when she was diagnosed, uh, she was stage four. And we started treatment um, here in St. Louis at St. Louis Children's Hospital. And she went through 18 months of treatment and we thought we were done. And then she relapsed and she continued to relapse and continued to fight for the next nine years. And then uh, we traveled to different hospitals um, all over New York and Philadelphia, Texas, we uh, were treated also at uh, Cardinal Glennon Hospital here in St. Louis as well. And then um, in November 2017, she uh, had recently relapsed and started chemo again, and then she uh, passed away um, at Cardinal Glennon. She achieved some celebrity during the last years of her life. Tell us about that. Ariana had a way with people. She definitely made a lot of celebrity connections, but if you asked her, she would say that uh, they made the celebrity connection with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she uh, was treated like royalty with the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Blues, and as well as um, she performed at Carnegie Hall in mm-hmm. New York and uh, met some lovely, wonderful people along the way. Uh, The St. Louis Blues, um, she met uh, Vladimir Tarasenko um, at an event. Um, They had a Hockey Fights cancer event, and they walked down the blue carpet together um, a few years ago, and then they became friends. And uh, Tarasenko or Vladdy, he sent her on a, uh, bought her a trip so we could travel with the Blues. Mm -hmm. And we went on their plane, and we saw a couple hockey games. And um, if she wasn't a hockey fan maybe before that, she Mm -hmm. definitely was after that. It must have given her and you some comfort to have uh, this happening at that stage of her life. It was um, all of these experiences were so amazing for Ari. Um, We talk about now that she's gone how much life she got to live in the 11 years that she was here. Yes, uh, a very touching story, needless to say. There can be nothing worse than a parent losing a child. I've, um, 
it's it's yeah, it's yeah. not good. <laughs> Emily Edwards, let me turn to you. What was your organization's association with uh, Ariana? We were introduced to Ari when she was three years old and I'm beginning her cancer treatment. It was August of 2009. A family at our dance studio, St. Louis Academy of Dance, is Ari's neighbor. And she said, we know this little girl. She's three. She's so fancy. All she wants to do is dance. But at that point in time, she was in the throes of her treatment and couldn't be around other kids because her immune system was so compromised. So myself, along with my co-director, Casey Voskiel, we met Lori. We met Ari. We fell in love immediately. We took dance and movement to her, not really even knowing what dance therapy was. So we would go to Children's Hospital almost every Wednesday and stretch our bodies and use our imaginations or listen to music or read books about dancers. And we got to see what a huge impact this had on her recovery. Lori would text us every week, Ari woke up today and she wants to know if it's Wednesday. Does she get to dance today? And so we knew how powerful it was. Around the same time, we learned about dance therapy and found that there was no dance therapy happening in the hospitals in St. Louis. So Casey and I got to work, and we started what was then called the Pizzazz Gala with the intention of raising funds for our dancers, the Pizzazz performers, and creating an account to fund dance therapy at local St. Louis hospitals. Our first gala was in December of 2010. We were able to launch dance therapy at Cardinal Glennon in May of 2012, and we've been working hard ever since to continue funding and growing the program. There are a couple of events associated with this. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But Katie, let me turn to you. How does dance therapy work? Sure. Dance movement therapy is one of the creative art therapies. Um, people have often heard of art therapy or music therapy. So dance and movement therapy utilizes elements of movement, dance, and expression to further the emotional, physical, social kind of integration and well-being of a person. It's very different than going to a dance class in that in dance therapy, we're not learning specific choreography or working on a specific technique on how to do a move, but rather working from the inside out. So the child in this instance um, has an opportunity to kind of express their own innate dance and self-expression, whatever they might be feeling. Um, we do work with, I work with imagery at times. Sometimes I'll bring in props like scarves or ribbons to kind of help further and expand the movement that they are doing, but it's really about them leading and then an opportunity for them to express them themselves rather than being taught a specific way of movement, if that makes sense. It does. That, that is part of the communication process and the counseling process then, Correct. What, what you've just explained. Yes. So, yes. so what, in terms of counseling, what is going on while all of these other things are happening? <laughs> sure. Well, um, dance movement therapy is part of kind of the mental health community in terms of it's a creative art therapy. And part of that is allowing people the opportunity to maybe express what they would express in a counseling session through their words, through movement. So it's very similar, it's just the modality is different. It's about the process of experiencing and feeling, but communicating that 
uh, through movement or through dance. And there are moments where we would verbally discuss what happened or name the feeling um, in a way that you might in a traditional counseling session. But it's really the same process, just a different modality of the communication form. And Laurie, I, w- I would think that this would also serve as kind of a distraction, taking one's mind off of uh, the dilemma, if you will. Absolutely. Ariana would say that um, when Katie came in, that it would take her, it was her words, that takes her to a different place, mm-hmm. to allows her to escape from the hospital room and allows her to escape from what she's feeling mm-hmm. and what's going on around her into a whole different place. So not only was it therapy to change the way you're feeling or your mood, um, it also then was a was something to do. And also the relationship with Katie, that was another person that could come in the room and build a relationship. Was it a distraction from pain in any sense of the word? Was they, uh, her treatments were painful, were they not? They, some, some, she was always having aches and pains is what mm. she would say. She didn't like to focus on them, but it definitely was a distraction. If she was feeling lousy when she was waiting in bed and then Katie would come, Katie would have her possibly up and moving and walking and doing without her even being consciously aware of the fact she just went from hurting Mm -hmm. to completely not even knowing the hurt was there anymore. Katie, how do you know uh, if you're overdoing it? Um, Well, it is a delicate process, obviously. And I really encourage patients to listen to their own bodies and give me that feedback. So I'm constantly checking in with them. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm observing, I'm watching what's happening and using some common sense in that way. And oftentimes, uh, you know, if parents are in the room, Lori will be in the room. She can kind of help let me know what what Ari's day has been like, what her energy level has been like, just so I, I know that going in. Um, and just to add to what Lori was saying a moment ago, it, it, it is a distraction and it's a pleasant distraction. And I think that therapeutically takes us to a place where now these children have a positive resource of being in their bodies, a positive resource of being in the hospital that can take away some of the fear and the overwhelm, um, and also a really beautiful relationship with their body through um, movement and this resource that counters the experience that they're having. So it takes it from being not just a distraction, but this really beautiful um, resource that counters the experience of, of their illness. Emily, I, I think I've, I've read it that, uh, as, as Katie just indicated, what this is doing is giving these youngsters or these people who are involved in, in the dance therapy a greater appreciation for the bodies that have betrayed them. Does that sound right? I think it absolutely sounds right. And what was amazing is during Ari's treatment, she might be in the hospital with Katie one week, and then she'd come back to the dance studio and dance with us. You know, her body loved that form of expression, and she found ways to do it, whether she was healthy or whether she was battling. So it definitely became something that was rooted in her, and she was a very active part of our dance community. And then when she had to take a step back and do dance therapy at the hospital, that was how she was able to express herself. How much time, Lori, was she spending in the hospital during these times? There, it, it varied. There were some days, weeks, months that we were in the hospital for uh, 45 days, 60 oh. days at a time. And then there were times where we would only be there 
uh, during the day, and then we'd go home to sleep some weeks. Uh, it just it varied depending on the treatment. There were um, times where she was only in the hospital. She had to check in once a week, and then she would be in the studio uh, dancing. And there were so many days where she'd be at home not feeling good, and it was time to go to dance class, and she would pack up her stuff and be ready to go. And I was like, wait, you don't feel good. We don't have to go. No, no, I'm going. And she'd walk out of dance class feeling so much better. What was her fascination with the dance? Where did that come from? I don't know because by the time she was two, even before she was treated, she was begging for dance lessons. And I just, I, I wanted her to wait until she was old enough to appreciate them. So that's why I told her she had to be three to start lessons. I didn't know that the lessons would have to start in the hospital. No. We have to take a break now. We're talking about uh, dance therapy and its impact on particularly young people who are undergoing treatment for uh, cancer and other things as well, Katie, right? It's not just yes. That, yes. that particular yeah. disease. Anyway, we'll come back and uh, continue the conversation. There's more to talk about, and we will do that in a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise, examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues. Hammond.Institute. Now back to our conversation with Lori Zucker, Katie Bone, and Emily Edwards. We're talking about dance therapy. Uh, Emily, I'll come back to you with regard to the association relationship you have with, with hospitals, now that this thing has really gotten going. So our dance company, Pizzazz Performers, in residence at St. Louis Academy of Dance, has been the sole funding source for the dance therapy program at Cardinal Glennon. We started, like I said, in 2010 because we had to create a nest egg um, to be able to go into the hospitals. And since then, we have hosted a gala every year, along with other fundraisers like Dance-a-thons. And the money from those events go to paying Katie to be a dance therapist at Cardinal Glennon. Our gala this year is Saturday, March 9th at the Edison Theater. It has affectionately been renamed the Ari's Light Gala, and we're thrilled to be partnering with Lori and her foundation, the Spread Ari's Light Foundation, to bring more dance therapy into St. Louis. We would love to reach beyond the walls of Cardinal Glennon and find other hospitals and other avenues to treat young children who are suffering um, and could use this creative outlet. Katie, uh, as, as Emily indicated, has been around for almost a decade now. How, how has it changed? How has dance therapy changed over those years, or has it? Um, I'm not sure that it has has changed and that it's f the kind of fundamentals of dance therapy really are, are timeless. And, you know, as human beings, we're born um, without words, but communicating through our movement and, and bodies. So dance therapy in that way has not changed. What has changed specifically here in St. Louis is that people are more aware of it thanks to the work of um, Emily and Lori and the pizzazz. It's now known in, in this community of what a great resource and great um, kind of therapeutic agent it can be. And so um, I think that's what's changed. And obviously we've been able to impact more children as they have increased funding um, sources for that. So there's been a, a greater acceptance of it uh, yes, uh, yeah. over the years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
What are your thoughts about it, uh, Lori, looking back on it and, and what you watched happen over those uh, seven or eight years? Well, I think Katie's point, as far as awareness goes, I think there is needs to be a lot more awareness about how expression therapies can help children. And um, because the dance therapy and dancing helped Ari so much, it really made a difference in her treatments and keeping her going a lot of times. That was so important to me to make sure that we get exposure to more children and we get into the hospitals and we're able to have more kids experience dance therapy and have it affect them. How are the medical people responding to all of this going on during those years? I think that, again, um, awareness and to even that they know that it's happening. We have um, the doctors at Cardinal Glennon have seen the results that Katie is able to do, and they want to be able to prescribe dance therapy and use, um, use it more. And so we have to have it more available. Mm-hmm. Katie, what, uh, you could be more specific, if you would, about how you've seen youngsters change as they're undergoing this process. Sure. Um, you know, I have these really beautiful moments with children, sometimes when they're in their most lonely um, and perhaps kind of emotionally heavy, heavy experiences. Um, you know, obviously working with Ari and getting to see just the joy that it would bring to her, even if she was having a really horrible day and didn't um, feel like she could do very much. Um, I could see that her mood and she would light up. And um, I think that it really impacts the children's ability to kind of weather the storm of their illness and kind of helps with their resiliency. And I saw that with Ari. Um, and I've seen that with the other children that I've what I've worked with as well. You, I might come in to their room and they seem really down, um, maybe just kind of lying there by themselves and we start moving and we're, you know, I'm connecting with them and we're having this really beautiful experience. And then, you know, the next week when I come into the hospital, they see me walking in the hallway, they light up and dance, dance, and want me to come into their room. Um, And it instantly, you know, changes something. And I think it gives, like I said, something for them to look forward to um, and something to kind of change the experience maybe that they're, that they're having. And that, I think, increases resiliency and resolve in children. Emily, what have you seen? Oh, I mean, watching Ari and how she blossomed as a dancer, and I could see when she would walk through the door that her persona would change. You know, Casey and I, we would see how hard Ari would fight. We would go and visit her when she was at her weakest and going through some horrendous treatment options. And then she would walk through the door and she would wear her fanciest leotards and she would wear her fanciest headbands or hats. And sometimes she would even come to class and wear a mask because she couldn't be around other children that carry so many germs, but she so wanted to be there that she would put a mask on so she could still participate. She would take modern classes and she would learn how to forward roll and how to invert and spiral to the floor. And she took her tap classes and learned you know, all of her tap progressions across the floor. And then she became a part of our studio community, which is a family in and of its own, and got the opportunity to perform in recitals and local festivals and perform on the gala stage, which was so special because she had this full circle experience of how life-transforming dance and movement can be for people of all ages. 
Laurie, I gather that uh, Ari was something of an ambassador as well by kind of luring other kids into this little web that was being weaved <laughs> by these ladies here. <laughs> she definitely did. She was the perfect ambassador for dance therapy because the other kids that were doing dance therapy with Katie would also get to see Ari because um, they did it sometimes in groups in the clinic and they would get to see Ari and her dancing and she would also share with everyone her experiences. And I think it really helped the other kids that were going through treatment and the other moms and dads see that it was possible to be going through cancer treatment and still have a life mm -hmm. and still do other things. Ari would go to dance class with her IV fluids running and she would wear her IV fluids bag while she danced, or she would dance with her IV pole as she was getting chemo. Mm -hmm. um, and the other kids saw that. The other kids could see too that I can still do and I can still go even though I'm ha I have cancer. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important message. When Katie works with the kids and they get to move, that's part of it is they get to see that they can move and that it's okay for them to move. Because when you're in the hospital and you're hooked up to IVs and blood pressure cuffs and everything else, you're really not sure what you're allowed to do. So yeah. the, it makes a big difference. How did the other youngsters that she came to know in the hospital and, and through the dance academy react to her passing? Um, I think that um, it's been really difficult for mm -hmm. everyone. Um, everyone that Ari touched, we um, continue to get cards and letters and notes about how she was um, inspired other people. Um, I just heard from a young lady that she, uh, she didn't know Ari. She just heard of her through the blues and through other people. And um, she heard that she was a dancer. And then she signed up for dance class. And she started dancing. And it changed how she was. So her effect um, hopefully will continue to grow through dance therapy, through the foundation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that would what, be amazing. Katie, what are the range of ages of, of the people who uh, participate in these programs? Well, dance therapy is for all ages. Um, as, as long as you have a body and you are breathing, you can participate in dance therapy. Um, you know, particularly at the program in the hospital, it is primarily children, um, but it, I don't limit ages. I've worked with um, little, you know, babies that are still in the cribs, and we put on music and just do a little developmental connection movement, and that's actually really beneficial for them, um, you know, all the way up to uh, teenagers and, and young adults, yeah. Emily, what about the range of, of illnesses that uh, basically you work with? So right now we're focused more on cancer and um, blood diseases. But again, that goes back to funding. Our goal with our galas and our fundraising efforts is that we have more money to reach out to more patients and their families. We'd love to expand the Spread Ari's Light Dance Therapy Program to also offer creative movement and mind-body connection for siblings that are having to go through this process with their family and also maybe even reach out to moms and dads that maybe need a creative, expressive outlet. So we are dreaming really big. We are hoping to have a huge fundraising success because as of right now, it's just these events that have funded the programs in St. Louis. Um, and we have lots of big goals for the next few years and how we can continue to spread Ari's light and dance therapy in St. Louis. 
Let me ask you once again to say when all of this is happening. I have it here. I'm not exactly sure it's right, given what you said earlier, but we're talking about February 28th is one of the events. That is another really fun event that Lori can talk to you about. If we have time to get into that. Okay, we've got a minute or two left. We, uh, Ariana, would have uh, turned 13 yesterday, and she, uh, we are Jewish, and she was going to have a bat mitzvah, and she wanted to bake bread, challah bread. And so we're having a challah bake on February 28th. We're actually um, sold out, and uh, we're full, and we're going to be baking bread in Ari's memory. And that all that money that we're making that night will also be going to the foundation and dance therapy. We'll put all of that information on our website at stlpublicradio.org. So folks uh, who want to participate and help and get involved somehow can do that. We've got to wrap it up. Let me get a final thought from each of you with what we've been talking about. Emily? Well, I am going to plug the gala. Our Ari's Light Gala is Saturday, March 9th at the Edison Theater. Our pizzazz performers, along with the Big Muddy Dance Company, the Ashley Leanne Dance Company, and Convergence Dance Company, will take the stage to raise money for dance therapy in St. Louis. Um, tickets can be purchased online. We'd love to see you there. Okay, we'll make that connection once again. And Katie, final thought? Um, <laughs> at- Just thank you to everyone that's listening and supporting and to these ladies, yeah. And Laurie, a final word? Um, my final, thank you for having us. Pleasure. Let's spread Ari's Light Foundation wants to continue to spread Ari's Light. And I love talking about Ari anytime. And I am so grateful that we have Katie and we have Dance Therapy for a way to spread Ari's Light. Yeah. Well, thank you all for being with us. Lori Zucker, thank you for being with us. And congratulations from what you've been able to do out of this tragedy of your loss. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Katie Bowen, thank you for being with us. And Emily Edwards, great thank to see you, you again. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.